years came the railroad, and no longer were we called upon to follow the long horn steers or mustangs on the trail, while the immense cattle ranges stretching away in the distance as far as the eye could see now began to be dotted with cities and towns cattle industry, which once held a monopoly in the West, now had to give way to the industry of the farm and the mill. To us wild cowboys of the range, used to the wild and unrestricted life of the boundless plains, the new order of things did not appeal, and many of us became disgusted and quit the wildlife for the pursuits of our more civilized brothers. I was among that number, and in 1890, I bid farewell to the life which I had followed for over 20 years. These are the words of Nat Love, the legendary black cowboy, also known as Deadwood Dick. After an illustrious career on the range, Love looked for a new challenge, and, like a lot of African Americans of his era, he found that challenge aboard passenger trains, a newly minted transportation network that connected east and west. From North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC, this is American Songster Radio. I'm Dom Flemons. This episode belongs to a six-part series about African-American history in the American West. For years, I've been researching this topic and putting together the pieces of how African Americans, including my own family, came to choose and embrace Western life. My new Smithsonian Folkways album, Black Cowboys, explores the black Western experience through music. In this podcast, I'll explore that same experience in conversation with a little help from Folkways curator, Jeff Place. In this episode, Jeff and I talk about how African Americans responded to the urbanization of the West. We follow the historical figure of Deadwood Dick from the trails to the rails and talk about the significance of organized black labor in the passenger train industry. But let's pick up the conversation where we left off in front of an audience at Pearl Street Warehouse in Washington, D.C. A lot of African Americans went out west and ended up working as cowhands, but uh, later on, a bunch of them actually started getting jobs on the railroad as Pullman porters, um, working where they would actually take care of the, the rich passengers coming through and stuff like that. And uh, a guy named A. Philip Randolph was actually managed the union. They, got, they want to unionize the group at one point, but uh, Dom in his notes talks about this sort of legendary character named Deadwood Dick. It was a Pullman porter at one point, and uh, he wrote a, his own tune about, uh, about like, you know, the, the Deadwood Dick and, and the... Anyway, so can, what can you tell us about De- Deadwood Dick? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, yeah. he was, his picture is on the, was on the cover of the Negro Cowboys, and so yeah. he, there's a picture of him with all of his cowboy gear, and it's a very striking image of him, after, and it's pretty much after he won that contest, so... Basically, in Deadwood, South Dakota, he won a a contest where it was roping and riding and shooting all at the same time, and he just completely beat all the people that were there. You know, at at this time, you know, 
you got to think of a, a lot of these uh, black cowboys as being kind of a dynamic figures, kind of like Jack Johnson. We think of guys yeah. like Jack Johnson who are like larger than life characters that with the new freedom that was found at, with the, the emancipation after slavery was abolished, it's just uh, some of these guys just went out and said, I'm doing it all. And so Nat Love, uh, Deadwood Dick, was one of these guys that was like that. He, he was a... He was born into slavery in Tennessee, and then once he had the first moment he could, he went out west and became a cowboy. And has some amazing stories, because he was one of the few guys to write his own autobiography. And um, they say that the, well, he's a guy like Jelly Roll Morton as well, where his, the autobiography is, is brilliant, but it may not all be true necessarily, <laughs> but he tells a great story in doing it. And um, then later on, he became a Pullman porter, because that was something that happened later on was as the range began to kind of close off with people fencing it in and buying up all the land over a long period of time, uh, you know, uh, they did, African American cowboys, they went on to the new job and that was the, in the railroad business. And so working as Pullman porters, it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a, somewhere between a butler and a, and a sky cap and, you know, all put together. And, and, you know, it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a, a, a role like a domestic in a certain way, but at the same time, this is what's important about this particular era. It put them in good standing with people over a long period of time, and they were able to create social change through that. Um, and so my introduction through, uh, through the Pullman Porters was through A. Philip Randolph and the Brotherhood of Sleeping Cars, that, though, all those different notions and how they helped people like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, you know, create the modern civil rights movement because they were in such good standing. They helped him figure out how to boycott the buses, for example. And so the, you know, these, these cowboys, all of a sudden, it, it became a story that was beyond just the old cowboys of the West that were in these faded pictures, it became very modern all of a sudden in a way that I hadn't expected. And of course, um, you know, I, I started looking into these stories and, and then it ended up that my own personal story growing up in the Southwest, that started coming into it. Because I, I happened to tell my dad about it. Uh, I was just chatting with him and I said, you know what, I was reading about this cowboy that became a Pullman porter. And he was like, you know, I was a Pullman porter once. And I said, really? And so it turned out that in Flagstaff, you know, they didn't allow you to just, you know, he said there was no summer vacation. He said you had to work. And so the choices were to be like his father, who was a preacher and uh, a church of God in Christ. There was, there was a work at the sawmill, which my grandpa also did too. So six days at the sawmill, one day at church. Join the military or be a Pullman porter and be an apprentice. So my dad was an apprentice as a Pullman porter for about, I guess he said about two or three years until he, he went to college. And, um, and that was something that I was very surprised to see that it, it went all the way up into this uh, modern era with, with Pullman porters. And also with Nat Love, he, he also was very eloquent talking about the role of from being a cowboy turned into a Pullman porter and how his knowledge of knowing the trails turned into uh, knowledge of knowing the railroad lines. And so a subtitle for the album is Songs from the Trails to the Rails. And that, just talking about the transition of the black cowboys in that way. And uh, yeah, you know, people like Leadbelly, they never went out and said, hey, I'm a cowboy. But when you look at enough pictures of them over their whole lifetime, you find more than enough cowboy imagery within it. You know, whether it's cowboy hats, whether it's boots, whether it's the particular way that they, they, um, they held themselves as a person socially, you find a lot of those same sort of uh, features all over uh, many of these, many of these uh, early pioneers. Cool. So, do you want to give us uh, your, your song about 
Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Now, this one, Steel Pony Blues, here, I, I was thinking about my granddad, and, and he was called by God to go to a place called Holbrook, Arizona, which is uh, the main trade in Holbrook is, um, is petrified wood. <laughs> and so my granddad started a church over there. Ooh, hello. There we go. Good thing, good thing the technology is agreeing with us this time around. But I wrote this song, Steel Pony Blues, kind of just talking about the transition of many of those old cowboys. So here's a little bit of it here. Smoking down the road somewhere. Call the first thing smoking down the road somewhere. Fella called me steel pony and boys, I'm gonna ride. Getting far too old to follow this here herd. Good Lord, I caught the first thing smoking down the road somewhere. Call the first thing smoking down the road somewhere. Fella called me steel pony and boys, I'm gonna ride. Somewhere, called the first thing smoking down the road. Somewhere, fella called me steel pony and boys. I'm going to ride. Go ahead, ride that thing six. Down, good Lord, I caught the first thing smoking down the road somewhere. Now, when you get over there, you won't find me. Well, I call my steel pony and boys, I'm going to ride.
American Songster Radio is produced by Joe O'Connell, David Brower, Vania Kennard, and me, Dom Flemons, the American Songster. Be sure to listen to our other episodes in this series on African American history in the American West. There are six in total. And they're all available right now on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a fan of what we're doing with American Songster Radio, rate the show, post a review, or tell a friend. Until next time, I'm Dom Flemons, the American Songster.